Jenny's going to read that to us, and then Chloe's going to come and speak. So, Jenny, thanks so much. Twelve. One to twelve. Okay. So then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with an uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they didn't listen to him because of their discouragement and the harsh labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country But Moses said to the Lord, if the Israelites will not listen to me, why will Pharaoh listen to me, since I speak with faltering lips? Thank you very much, Jenny. Hello, everyone. It's wonderful to see you all. Well, all your eyes, you're all looking well. Um, So as John has just said, we're um, carrying on in our series looking at Andy Ollerton's book, um, which is called The Bible, A Story That Makes Sense of Life. Last week we heard from the wonderful Sam King, who was telling us about meaning, where our meaning comes from, what is our meaning as followers of Jesus. And so this week we're going to be looking at freedom. And those stories have just been incredible. And um, it's obviously something that God really wants to usher us into. And I've been feeling that as I've been writing and thinking about this talk, is how God wants to call us into greater freedom, both individually, but also as a group of people. Um, and if, this, if the timing had worked well, then actually tomorrow would have been the lifting of lockdown restrictions in the UK. And boy, oh boy, what a feeling that would have been. But hold on in there. We've got a few more weeks to go. But freedom might be on our mind at the moment. Um, And for me personally, I love freedom. And I was really excited that I was going to be speaking on this. And partly because there are some amazing bits in scripture about about, um, freedom. But I think each of us individually 
has affinity to certain aspects of God's character, whether that is love, whether that's his grace. Maybe your life has just been transformed by God's grace. It's all brilliant, but I, I love freedom. But if you want me to be transparent, over the last couple of months, I haven't been feeling all that free, and I know why. So I have been a student at university for seven and a half years, lucky me, and I've just approached the nine to five, and that is a real twist, isn't it? It's a real change. You can't take those, you know, one to three hour naps that you used to, and things are really, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to be at work, Chloe, you have to. And so maybe, I haven't been feeling that free, but I think God wants me to realign with what true freedom is. It's not necessarily in this worldly thing that we're thinking about all the time of our autonomy. What we do with our time, our space, our finances, all of that, that is wonderful and a real gift from God. But we have inside of us this incredible treasure which is liberation and true freedom in Jesus and what he has done for us. And that is what we're going to be thinking about more today. So freedom, what do we, what do we think about when we think about freedom? We could be thinking about lockdown lifting, hallelujah. We could be thinking about a lovely leisurely weekend where we're free to do what we want to do. And I don't know about you, but some of the phrases that I use... Um, when I think about freedom and in the society that we're in at the moment, which is all about just being free, doing what you want to do. Okay, we don't like the idea of submitting to an authority. You know, we want to be the leaders. We want to be at the forefront of our own lives. And I'll find myself, if someone has made a questionable um, choice or decision, but I don't want to confront them, I'll go, you do you, you do you boo, you know, whatever floats your boat, okay, that's good, you do you. But really, is that something which we want to be doing and saying? Because ultimately there is a truth and there is true freedom and that is found in the Lord. And Andy writes in his book, um, he talks about this idea that worldly freedom is this idea of just doing whatever you want all the time. And that is because we want to be at the forefront of our own story. And he says, instead of playing a part in a larger story, the individual has become the story. I think that is so true. And I, I actually think sometimes we can think about that when we communicate the gospel. I don't know whether you find this, but I often will start, if, if I'm sharing um, who Jesus is, I will start with myself. And while that is very relatable, if we centre everything on ourselves, me, 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 then we actually miss the point of what the gospel is. The gospel, the good news, is Jesus. It needs to be continually him, him, him. We sang the song earlier, which was um, about the endless, the countless generations who have come before us. It's all for his glory. It's not for us to kind of wind up, wow, the whole world's been orchestrated for my own personal salvation. It's for him, it's for his glory. And that is the way that we're going to think about freedom. It's all about Jesus. And we, through his extraordinary blessing, get to enjoy freedom as part of that. So we have just heard, Jenny has read to us, um, part of the story of the Exodus. And just a brief intro to that story. Then the Israelites, God's chosen people, have been living in Egypt. 
And because of their vast number and the way that they are just increasing, then they're seen as a large threat to the Egyptians. Okay, and so as God's chosen people, then the Lord hears the cry of his people. And in that passage, then the Lord is saying, I will move, I'm going to act, I'm going to do something about this, I'm going to liberate my people. And he uses Moses to do this. Moses is his instrument. He uses Moses to free. And in order to liberate and free the Israelites, then God um, sends 10 different plagues, okay? And so the final plague is the plague of death. And after each plague that comes, then Pharaoh, the leader of the Egyptians, is given an opportunity to liberate and free the Israelites, But Pharaoh is unrelenting. So he gets to this final plague, the plague of death. And it says in scripture that death will sweep over Egypt and kill the firstborn son in every family. And the Israelites receive this instruction to take the blood of a lamb and wipe it above the doors. And then they will be saved from death. When death passes over that house, if the blood of the lamb is on the doorpost, they will be saved. And so after this final plague, then the Israelites are freed. And there are a couple more twists and turns, okay? Um, And I must just give a shout out. Exodus, read it, it's fantastic. But DreamWorks, Prince of Egypt on Amazon Prime, it's brilliant for bringing this story to life. And some of the songs are so powerful, so watch that Sunday watching Um, and so the Exodus tells the story of the Israelites being freed and entering the promised land okay they're going from a place into somewhere new and this is um, really amazingly described in Exodus 8 then the Lord said to Moses go to Pharaoh and say to him this is what the Lord says Let my people go so that they may worship me. Let my people go so that they may worship me. It's not just freeing them and then being like, see you later, thanks for that, off you go. He's got an intention, he's got a purpose for them. And the purpose is to worship him, give him glory and honour and love. So the exodus is the way out and it's the way into something new. So firstly, let's have a little think about the way out. I'm hoping that you have sensed that the extra story is a powerful metaphor for us to use when we're thinking about Jesus and what he has done for us. Okay, thinking about the blood of a lamb. If the house has the blood of a lamb covering it, then death will pass over and you are saved. If we are under that covering of Jesus, we are liberated and saved from the land of slavery and bondage. And it's not something which we probably like to think about too much. But before we come to know Jesus fully, we can be enslaved to things. We can be enslaved to the way that our world works at the moment, to things like believing lies about ourselves to believing that this is it, you know, like this life, this is all that we're getting, to believing that works and performance, this is big in our culture, like works and performance are the things that define us. We can be enslaved to that and into thought processes which which aren't true. 
And the thing that I think is remarkable in the story of the Exodus, but also in the story of our salvation, is that it's always God who redeems us and not us. Like, we can't conjure things up ourselves. It's God who steps in and intervenes. And we see that um, amazingly in Romans 5.8, when it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let that just sink in. It's not by our works, our performance, what we do. It was on Christ to come to us and save us. Like when we were in the opposite direction, like I don't, I don't need that. It was then that he came to save us. And that is just, it's just fantastic. <laughs> and so Romans 6 says, Christ died this so that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Sin shall not be our master because we are not under law, but under grace. And none of that is by our works. It's only by what the Lord has done for us. And I'd encourage us that this is true freedom, not what the world teaches us about time and space, you do you, like whatever life works for you. It's humbling ourselves to the knowledge that our liberation is so true and full in Jesus. Galatians 5 says, it is the freedom that Christ has set us free. It is the fullness of life that Christ has set us free. It's not like a tiny little bit of freedom. I think I often can catch myself being like, okay, yeah, I'm like partially free. Okay, cool. Like I'm just going to live my life, you know, all good. But I feel like God wants to like us to really grasp onto the fact that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die for a little bit of freedom. He died for us to enter the fullness and the weight of extraordinary redemption. And I'm gonna, we're going to pray a bit more about that in a minute. But maybe it's for us today. We need to actually just like unshackle ourselves and be like, no, Christ has died fully for my sin. And I'm going to rejoice and celebrate in that. But what, once we've been liberated, what is the next thing? So we've come out of... Egypt, the metaphorical Egypt. Where are we stepping into now? So we obviously have freedom because of free will, which in itself is an amazing gift. We've been given freedom to make choices and decisions about our life. And as I was saying, sometimes when I think about freedom, then I can minimize it. And I think there are still things which enslave each of us. I think sometimes we, ultimately, we all still sin. We're in that now, but not yet. We have all fallen short of the glory of God and we can still fall into patterns which aren't healthy, especially with thought processes. But there's this bit in Romans 7, which I think is just so relatable for each of us. It says, Paul Paul is writing, Paul, who, who wrote Romans, he is writing, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, and what I hate, I do. So what he's saying is, sometimes he will sin. It's not that he wants to sin, but he's just so used to it, he just falls into these patterns. And there, then there can be things which we know we should do, which are good, and we'll just be like, oh, like, I, won't, I won't do that today, I'll do it tomorrow. And this isn't to say that, you know, it's not to say that we will no longer sin once we have been set free and liberated by Jesus. 
But the difference is now that we have freedom in Jesus to say that our sin no longer defines our relationship with God. Our sin, it's not on us to define our relationship with God anymore. Jesus has bought that for us. Jesus has defined the relationship and he says, closeness, unity, love forever. So if you're caught in a moment of weakness or in a moment of where you've sinned or you've done something which you know isn't right and you know the enemy is trying to condemn you or say that you aren't worthy, that you're still enslaved, then we will say to that, then our freedom relies on Christ's righteousness and not our own. What I do and say, as long as my life is sold out for Jesus, he will rescue me and we have such security in that. And so, yeah, we we should just be worshipping God because we have that freedom to do so, because he defines our relationship with God now and not us. And so whether we mess up or whether we, we are right on track, if we are repenting, coming to God every day and saying, Lord, give me grace for this day, help me, he is with us through it all. And I think that freedom is something which is quite hard to talk about with um, people who aren't yet following Jesus. Because when we talk about freedom, we also talk about worshipping and obeying God. With our freedom, we choose to be submissive. We choose to come under God's authority. And that is, may I say, countercultural. And so when I was thinking about how could I illustrate this point... I'm going to tell you a story just before I finish. Um, and the story is about my... my um, no, actually, I won't, I won't tell you because that will spoil the story. But hold on in there. I um, felt probably one of the most free in my life when I passed my driving test. Anyone else out there? It's a very liberating experience, okay? So you've had someone next to you the whole time, maybe months, maybe a year. No judging here. And... It can, it can really, you know, you're, you're there in the car and then that moment when they say, right, you've passed, off you go. You're just like, wow, I could do anything right now. The thing I went, I, I went to do, I went to Budgeons, my nearest petrol station, because I wanted just to fill up. I didn't want to look a fool, but I, you know, I was doing it at first thing, so I knew what I was doing. So I headed off in the car, windows down, hair just blowing in the breeze, loving it, really enjoying myself. And I look in the rearview mirror, and in the car behind me, I see someone waving, giving me a thumbs up. Yeah, go on. And lo and behold, it was my dad. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, what earth is Pete doing here? Okay, what's he doing? And basically, he was just following me just to make sure that I got to Budgeon's okay. Bless him. Has anyone done that? I, that might be really common. Um, but anyway, so I could see him, and I was like, yeah, go on, babe. And as I was driving, instead of being like, oh, Dad, like, you're so embarrassing. I'm fine on my own. I'm 17. Are you kidding? Instead of being like that, I actually thrived. I loved the fact that I was free in my car, okay? It was just me in the car. But my dad was shepherding me to Budgeons. If you can, project my trip to Budgeons as the story of your life, Okay? If I went to the left or to the right, if I took a wrong turn, my dad was just going to, you know, go in the other lane. Come on, Chloe, back in. Okay, if I broke down on the side of the road, dad would have been there. 
come on, you're okay, you've got this. And I would say that's a bit like our freedom in the Lord. We're the people who say, I'm going to go this way, I'm going to go that way. That is the gift of free will. Our freedom, though, is shepherded by someone who is so much greater and so much wonderful than us, who the only thing on his mind is care and love and urging us on in the right direction. And so when we, when we make mistakes, when if you know, something terrible happens to us, our Father is with us the whole time. And if we allow him, if we submit to his authority, then we will go right back on track because he is with us and he is for us. That is what our freedom is. And I think that is just marvellous. Because we are not wandering through the wilderness anymore. We are not striving blindly. We are constantly shepherded by our Father who is urging us on and who brought us freedom. So there are two things there. Um, and um, yeah, why don't we stand actually um, as we respond to this? So there are two things that we can think of when we think about freedom. Well, there are many. If the Lord is telling you something different, go with him. But in my mind, I see that Egypt and the Exodus is about coming out of somewhere. And it might be that today you realise that actually it's you that's been holding yourself in Egypt. It's you who's been holding yourself in a place of bondage and being enslaved to something. And I think Jesus just wants to liberate you and free you and say, I died so that you might know the fullness of freedom. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Or it might be that there's a... um, Now that you own that freedom, and it's like, what, what is next? What's the next step? It might be just the longing and the um, urgency in you to fall under that leadership and to know that you are in safe hands, that you will be guided, you will be helped. So let's, um, let's pray for those two things. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we welcome you now and we praise you, King, for the freedom that you have brought us. Jesus, your death on the cross brought us total freedom. And we, as your sons and daughters, we just say yes to you. And it might be that you want to take like a physical action here and just step forward and say, I'm coming out of what I've been holding myself into. I step into the freedom that Jesus has brought us. Yeah, and for those of us who are entering um, a decision, a choice, or we're just wanting to walk more closely and know more about Jesus and his character and the way he wants us to walk, then we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Yeah.
we welcome you to give us peace and assurance that if we mess up, you are there. If we have a bad day, you are there. If we have a good day, you are there. Yeah, come Lord and fill us with your hope and your liberating freedom in Jesus' name. Amen.